Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right, how you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live here. Today, brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar, new and improved, zero never tasted so good. With me, as always, my colleague and good buddy, Paulie Dots, Paul Dottino, at the controls, Pearson Butler, and, of course, you, the people out there, because without you, the people out there, we'd have nobody in here to be talking to. As always, the number is 201 Um Nine three nine four five one three. That's two zero one nine three nine four five one three. For me, this is our wrap up show to the season, which was a very very fun season, fun season. But as they say, not just in this business, all good things must come to an end. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the Giants' season not only came to an end, it came to a thud. Yeah, in Philadelphia. But uh, you know, you know, I was glad to hear Joe Shane as you were there with me uh, on Monday when he addressed the media and he said it. And as I was watching the game uh, Saturday night, I was feeling the same thing. Shane said it. There is a talent gap between the Giants and the Eagles. We've made great strides this season. We've got to continue to make strides. But there's a reason, whether you or I or Paul or Pearson or anybody likes the Eagles or dislikes the Eagles, there's a reason they were the number one seed. No doubt. And And there's a reason why San Fran was the number two seed. Yeah. Okay? Because both of those teams are far better than anybody else in the NFC. And you know the truth here, folks. There are seven bids, playoff bids in each conference, And so any team that made the playoffs doesn't have to apologize because they earned it and they belong. And so the Giants can hold their heads high. They not only made the playoffs, but they won a playoff game on the road against the number three seed and then had what happened in the second round. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the way the rules work. Seven playoff teams in each conference. So the Giants can very, very proudly say they were one of the top eight teams to survive. You might disagree with me. I don't know if I've ever, we ever, you and I ever really discussed this. We've discussed so many things, and the fans might disagree. But I've always maintained this: the hardest thing to do 
I'm talking about the NFL now. The hardest thing to do, remember, I'm talking about 17 games. The hardest thing to do is get through those 17 games to get into, as Bill Parcells would always say, to get into the tournament. Right. That is the big accomplishment. That's the toughest thing. Once you get into the tournament, then everything's got to fall into place. A little bit of luck, too, and things can happen. And But then it's winning, you know, for some teams, it's four games. For a team like the Eagles or, or the, the um, Kansas City Chiefs, it would mm-hmm. be winning three games. To me, getting into the postseason is a much more, it's a marathon. It's a much more difficult task. In, in, the, um, in, in the postseason, it's like, okay, you take your punches, get a little bit of luck, see if things work out. Look, there have been more than a handful of teams over the years since they instituted the wild card back in 1970 that won double digits and did not make it. Right. It happened to Tom Coughlin's Giants one year. They won 10 games and did not make the playoffs. So really what it comes down to is whatever the circumstances are during the course of that season, if you do enough to earn your way in, it is an accomplishment. It's just that simple. There's no other way to describe it. I I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. And I'm going to tell you something else. Paul and I were just discussing it. I've been tweeting it out. The last couple of days, and did it again today. Folks, and I use the analogy to Aaron Judge. What happened when the Yankee season ended? When the Yankee season ended in October, everybody was banging the drums. It was ad nauseum. <laughs> What's going to happen? Where is he going to go? Who is right. he going to sign with? People were, were ready to jump off bridges and roofs and, and, and every place else. And you know what? Where is Aaron Judge today? He's with the Yankees, and he's the Yankees' captain. Folks, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, it's the same kind of situation. It's all about posturing. It's strictly business. They ain't going anyplace. Take it to the bank. Both will be wearing giant uniforms next season. Period. End of story. I, I and, and I get People need to write. People need to talk. People look for angles on stories. That's all fine. But listen, uh, I was in that Giants locker room, as you were, a closing day, a cleanup day on on Sunday. And the questions, one after another, after another, to Daniel and to Saquon, and, you know, are you going to be here? Uh, uh, Do you want to be here? Have they said anything to you? To Daniel, do you know what other quarterbacks are making? They're not going to tip their hands, nor should they tip their hands. Their agents tell them not to tip their hands. Just the same way, the same way throughout the season, when they asked, uh, somebody would ask Brian Dable, what'd you think of Daniel today? He was good. Had a good game. Not, not, <laughs> not, not, you know, not, wow, he was great. He was the king. That's business. That's business. Joe Shane made it very clear on Monday. It's good. It's good. We're going to have him back. That's it. What's the number? Well, we'll talk about that because that's business. That, that's the business of, you know, as in the Godfather. This is the business we've chosen. So it go, I always say this also. There are no, when it comes to this kind of business, there are no black hats 
and there are no white hats. No one's the good guy, no one's the bad guy. Now you might not like it, like if it's your team and, and you want your guy to be here, that's fine, but that's business. I, I'm not gonna criticize anybody for that, but that ain't happening here. Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones are giants now. They will be giants tomorrow and for many more tomorrows after that. We know what's just going to get done. We just have to cut through the red tape, that's all. That's all. Is that the poor man's godfather? <laughs> Do you want to play the pasta while we're here? It's okay. We got this under control. Pearson. It's the pod father. <laughs> <laughs> the pod pod. Very, very good. Oh, I'm going to talk to somebody. You got to get a raise for that one. The, that's your new name, the pod father. Oh, my go. goodness. Oh, boy, oh, boy. 201-939-4513 is the number. 201-939-4513. Let's take care of a little business before we open up the phone lines. Um, make Giants fans, make sure you go subscribe to Giants Huddle, the Giants Huddle podcast, the podcast featuring a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our analysts. Of course, you got to wait till next season. An episode midweek, which features an interview with the national analyst, and then a game preview featuring a long-form interview with the current Giants player, an exclusive sit-down with Bob Papa and head coach Brian Dable, and an opponent preview of that week's opponent. Search for Giants Huddle on your favorite uh, podcast platform or listen to the Giants app or at Giants.com slash podcasts. And go ahead. Oh, you got another promo? No, no. I was going to go to uh, open up our phone line. Okay, before we do that, we, we should just mention a little bit of news. Saquon Barkley been nominated as NFL Comeback Player of the Year, which is really cool because he'd been telling people all along, hey, let me get healthy and we'll see what happens. And he did. He was outstanding. Uh, and also Brian Dable nominated for NFL Coach of the Year. Uh, the guys going up against McCaffrey, uh, going up against Barkley are Christian McCaffrey and Geno Smith. Believe it or not. I, I, I know you're going to agree with me. There's a name that was left out. Nick Gates is the guy. He's the I, runaway winner. I love, I don't like, I love Saquon. But Nick Gates, nobody. No doubt. Nobody. I mean, Nick Gates' leg last season was shattered, busted, infection setting in. I don't know how many surgeries he went through. There's a question, was he ever going to play again? The award's a joke yeah, that, that they did not nominate no, Nick Gates no. and Brian Robinson from the, of, of the Commanders who had gotten shot. He wasn't nominated? No. Oh, my gosh. I, 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 I These are the three, McCaffrey, Barkley, and, and Geno Smith. How Geno Smith gets on this list, I have absolutely no idea. Well, well, G Geno gets on because, you know, from no place to, you know, back where, where uh, he is. But, but that's not a comeback player. To come back, you had to be something first. Right. Geno Smith is a never was. Right. Well, you, you, uh, come on. No, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. All right. I, I, Whatever. I, Bottom line is Nick Gates and Brian Robinson are easily easily the only two guys who should be nominated for this award. Uh, I mean, Nick Gates. The medical circumstances. Come on. We didn't know if he was going to have a career again. We didn't know if, if he was going to walk properly again. And there he was in the middle of the season, a vital cog on the offensive line. That, to me, and I'm taking nothing away from any of the other guys, but I'm sorry. 
And I, I'll tell you what, as sure as you and I are sitting here, and as sure as you and I both know Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley would agree on Nick There's Gates. no doubt in my mind. Not, a, a thousand percent. Nick, Nick Gates is one of the most beloved teammates oh. in that locker room because of everything that he went through. And not just that, but what a quality guy. A quality guy. And f- f- when, we, when you want to talk about toughness, I can tell you this, folks, and there's a lot of big men in that locker room, it's unanimous, yes. and it's not just amongst us. It's amongst mm-hmm. the players. If you need to get into a barroom f- fight or a back alley <laughs> brawl, the one giant you want with you is Mr. 65, Nick Gates, period. All but right. a beep, but a bop, but a boop. The other nominees for Coach of the Year, Sean McDermott from Buffalo, Doug Peterson from Jacksonville, uh, San Francisco's Kyle Shanahan, and Philadelphia's Nick Sirianni. They're also in the mix uh, with Dable as the NFL Coach of the Year. Well, um, y- y- I can't argue with anybody. I mean, I I'm totally biased. I get it. Uh, be- I know because we lived through it with the Giants, and we know what has been turned around. Um, Peterson has done a tremendous job, tremendous job with um, Jacksonville. Uh, ja- Jacksonville. No I'll, doubt. I'll tell you. No doubt. I'll tell you another coach who, who's done a tremendous job. Dan Campbell. Yes. Dan Campbell's yes. done a tremendous job. And that's the it. problem with, with yeah, this yeah, particular yeah, vote because yeah. there are so many worthy guys. Yeah. It's it's not obvious. You could split this vote yeah. like six different ways. Yeah, that that, that is uh, that's that, that's a tough one. But the other one, oh, Gates and Peterson. Uh, uh yeah, I, uh, you know that doesn't Robinson, Gates and Robinson. Oh, they're the only two people who should have even been on the list. You're right. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all. Even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney. Make everybody Count. It's not even fun. Anyway, let's open up the lines. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to our dear friend in Delaware, Coach Marvin. Hey, Coach, how we doing today? Doing good, Russ. How you doing? I'm doing okay, all things considered. How, yeah, how's the uh Podfather doing the Podfather. The, 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 the Podfather is, you know, he's kind of a little mellow this past week, but we're getting through it. You know, as I yeah. said, as you heard me say, all good things must end. It was a very good season. Uh, listen, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, when I saw Bri- uh, Brian Dable, I said to him, hey, head high. In fact, I said head bleeping high because, um, you know, you don't let a bad ending spoil a very good season. The Giants accomplished yeah. a lot. You as a coach accomplished a lot. So we move forward and get ready for next season. Yeah, Coach Marvin, too much yeah. excitement and too much promise outweighing the disappointment of the finale. And that's just the only way to look at it. 
yeah. It's tough. I mean, I've been in those situations where, you know, my team, I had a team that finished number two in the state, and we were undefeated going into that game. And uh, we got blown out. Um, my thing was, you know, it, it's going to hurt when you lose a game like that, regardless if you're supposed to be there or not be there. The only thing I can tell them is it, it's going to hurt. And the only time you're going to feel okay about it, it may take a week or so. It may take a month. But when you look back, you'll realize, you know what, we had a good season. We had a good time in that season. So it, sometimes it takes a while when you lose a game like that for you to really come back to earth and realize what happened. It's hard to tell players that, you know, you hold your head up. and you know I mean, it's easy to say, hard to do. And um, I understand that, you know, you running, the game going to keep running through their heads over and over again. Um, but uh, that's just the way, that's what comes when, when you lose in big games. And that was a big game. And I told you last week, uh, this is a different beast. And they mm-hmm. were definitely a beast. Yeah. Um, I, uh, the, the game plan, I, I, I thought the game plan, I mean, it, it is what it is. I'm not going to criticize. I, I don't like criticizing those types of things of what coaches are doing because they're in the room. But my thing, I think Russ asked me a, about a week ago before the Minnesota game, he asked me about trick plays. And I, and I said that trick plays are where you're trying to get guys' eyes looking in one direction and their feet standing right. still. <laughs> this 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 triple option had their feet standing still. My girlfriend daughter was here. She was just learning the football game. She became a giant fan. She said something that I was thinking that was true. She said, "Wow, the Eagles are fast." And I said, "Well, in my head, I'm saying, well, we may just be slow, but they were fast mm-hmm. like that night." Mm-hmm. And the other thing she said is. Um, it was like they didn't know they didn't know what to do. The Giants didn't know what to do, and, it, and that was because their feet were standing still. And and this the way this for this um this triple option work is almost like the old days of the wishbone or the wing tee. And the way we used to have to stop it back at the time, early in my years in coaching, I figured the only way I can stop it if we stand and wait for them to make their move. We're going to be standing still. They're going to be hitting the edges, getting to the outside, side to side, hitting. we looking for them in one direction. They're going in another. So I started thinking the best thing we have to do is attack the head of a wishbone or the wing tee, and that's the quarterback. And I, I, get, I see they let the defensive end or the edge rusher free, and he has to read. Mm-hmm. he got to figure out which one's going to get the ball. So that's the quarterback right. is reading him. So my thing is, all out speed directly at the quarterback. Now, I may need your help on this one. Um, I may need you guys' help on this one. Is that when the quarterback puts the ball in, his, in the arms of the uh, running back and he, he gives it to the running back, from what I remember, he loses his protection. That's correct. You can as hit him. As, as, as long as it's not too late, it's got to be quick right. enough. And you can right. plaster him. And I have said for years, since RG3 came into this league, that's what I would tell my defense every time. Make that quarterback pay for that handoff every single time. I oh, agree with you. He must pay for that Absolutely. every time. Absolutely. Even if he's, if, if he's throwing the ball out of that, 
he must not see that pass completed. I agree with you. But, Coach, and to I be frank with you, them out of it. yeah, but you know what, Coach? This wasn't about scheme. This was about the Giants being outclassed by a roster that was just far better. Yeah, far and the truth of the matter is the Eagles' offensive line just had their way. I mean, they, yeah, they, they were blocking and knocking guys left and right and on their backs and opening up holes the size of the Grand Canyon. This, this was a yeah. mauling job by Philly's O-line. You, you, know, you know what, Coach yeah. Marv? Uh, as I was watching the game, and I know you've been on waiting to get on, so you heard what Paul and I were talking about with uh, comeback player and coach of the year. As I was right. watching the game, I, I said to myself, this is the very reason why Brian Dable, to me, is coach of the year. Because I do believe the Giants overachieved. I, I do believe they played, for lack of a better term, their asses off week in and week out. I think Coach Brian Dable was responsible for that. And because as I'm watching that, as Paul just said, the talent gap was significant between those teams. Yes. Yet, yet yes. they competed and won. They didn't win. They won nine games in a regular season plus a very big playoff game in the postseason. Right. So th- that, to me, that's what I got out of that game. I got out of that game what, what many of us said. I mean, listen, right. Paulie, were you and I not talking about all season? He had backups to backups for receivers. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, come on. Yeah. I, you know, I, so, I, so it was different. I think my 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 separation between the two and Peterson, uh, Peterson he did a great job with Jacksonville, but Jacksonville wasn't playing in the same division we were. Amen. Not at all. Not at all. We had Philly and Washington was fighting to the last week to get in the playoffs, so we were in a battle every week we were playing. But if you look at their division, the teams that they were in their division, they kind of came back towards Jacksonville. We were moving forward towards Philly and Dallas. So I think that's the difference, in my opinion, that's the difference. That's why I like Dable, because he was playing in a tougher division. Yeah. Um, you guys were talking about Geno as being looked at as comeback player of the year. I think Geno should be in the most improved player of the year, which there he will win. Go. It'll, be, it'll be Hurst that will win that. Right. Um, I would agree with so that. So I think he should be in – I think he should be – in that group rather than that's a fair um, point comeback by the way coach i would go with jefferson the vikings receiver as the mvp because without him i don't think minnesota gets that third seed right no he was outstanding unbelievable huge difference maker and and, uh, with the gates situation you know paul offensive linemen are not going to win any award they're not college they can't even get into the Heisman. Oh, no. Because of the uh, way, offensive the way it's all rigged. Right. Yeah, so you know they're not going to be an MVPs. They're not going to be because everybody's measuring yards rather than production. Yeah, but you, you know what, Coach? Uh, when it comes to Nick Gates, you can't measure what he did. You right. can't, where he was to what he did to where he is today, I, I mean – just from a guy being in a locker room, and I know Paul agrees because you, you heard Paul speak so passionately about him. I, I, I mean, to watch what he's been through, to to, to be there right. through all this and watch what he's been through, I, I mean, it's, I'm dumbfounded that that he's not in the in the discussion for for comeback player of the year. Just crazy. But listen, Coach Marv, it's always a pleasure, right, buddy. Guys. 
Be talk well. Soon. Look All forward right, to guys. talking God, to you again. Care. You too. Bye-bye. 201-939-4513. That, that really, I don't get that at all. That, no. That makes no sense to me. Some, somebody's not thinking, or if they're not thinking, oh, it's then, obvious, someone, that, then someone's lazy and not doing their homework. They're or. just interested in getting some popular names out there yeah, on the votes. That, that's all. That's what it they, is. They, they, nobody, whoever put together that list did not pay attention no. to, to what was going on in this league. They simply took names out of a hat, and oh, these guys are big headliners. Okay. Yeah, Everybody knows those guys. We'll put them up for it. I couldn't agree with you more. 201 939 one three is the number. Let's just take care of a little business before we get back to the phone lines. Giant fans, take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. And there's a lot to look forward to. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets, limited inventory is available. All right, back to the phone lines we go, 201-939-4513. To Glen Falls it is, and let's check in with Doug. Hello, Doug. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hi. Hi. I want to talk about Danny Dimes and a couple things that were very telling in the, in what Joe Shane said. And, and uh, Did you know that uh, Pat Shermer is um, possibly going to be the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders? And I guess he made a statement if he gets that job, he wants the commanders to come after Danny Dimes. But well, the, the other other big thing is that like so? Joe Shane said. Well, 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 hold on a that, second, Doug. Okay. And if you would want Danny Dimes, as Paul just said, so what about it? You know how many teams right now would love to get their hands on Daniel Jones? Seriously. Seriously. Well, He's really good, in case you then. didn't watch. He's a really good quarterback. Now, Doug, first off, turn off the radio in the background, please. Okay. Hello? Say again? I said turn off the radio in the background. I don't have, I don't have a radio on. All right, all right. All right. Go, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Your, your other point. Your, your point is that, that Jones would have suitors if he hits the market, and I agree with that. There would be suitors. I don't think he's going to hit the market. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, Doug, yeah I, I don't think he will because okay, Doug, what Joe Chain said. Yeah, he's not going to hit the market. Thank you for the call, Doug. Don't tell me that you don't have a radio on in the background. What am I hearing? I think, I think he was Martian? taking you literally. His computer was on, and he was taking oh, okay. you literally. All right. I for, think that's for, the problem. First of all, let me tell you something about Pat Shermer, all right? And I have great respect for Pat. Good man. Um, uh, he was a big Jones fan from the get-go. Big Jones fan? When, when Pat Sherman knew, and I told this to you, mm-hmm. when Pat Sherman knew the writing was on the wall for him, Pat Shermer said to me, Russ, in a few years, everybody's going to be envious of the Giants for having a, a, a combination of quarterback, running back in Daniel and Saquon, two young guys who are going to be terrific. Two young guys who are going to be terrific. So Sherman was right about that. I also remember, I also remember when the draft was, was taken, uh, 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 when the draft was going on and Daniel uh, was picked. I remember watching the guys, I'll say it right now, watching the guys on ESPN, and I remember Ryan Clark sitting there going, did you see the look on Pat Shermer's face? He wanted no part of Daniel Jones. (laughs) I'm paraphrasing, but he said with that angry look, and I'm like, really? Like, you know what the hell you're talking about? 
I mean, that, see, folks, stuff like that pisses me off because it's flat out, you're judging, you took a look at somebody. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's stupid, but on the same issue, I do not think Pat Shermer, if he was going to become an offensive coordinator for the commanders, Pat's smart enough not to say, this is who I want. He would leave that up to the head coach and general mm-hmm. manager to say, I'm this sure is he who would. we want. There's such a thing as tampering until a guy gets to be free anyway. <laughs> so, I, yeah, we shouldn't Pat, even bother Pat's acknowledging far, that. Pat is far too smart for that. So the point, the point does remain, though, that if Jones were to hit free agency, he would have a, a number of suitors. Again, we don't believe that's going to happen. As I said to mm-hmm. start the show, mm-hmm. take it to the bank, mm-hmm. bet the house on it. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Giants. There you go. Now, tomorrow, and for a lot of tomorrows after. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to our friend Hugo in Jersey here. Hello, Hugo. Good afternoon, guys. Um, At the risk of dating myself, um, I should let you guys know that I've been a Giant fan since 1978. Or right before Ray Perkins took over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when the season ends, I become a little bit reflective on our current situation, and uh, I look back to history a little bit to maybe provide some guidance. And, and one of the things I really struggle with is what we're going to do um, with Saquon Barkley. Now, uh, I'm going to use a historical reference here. From 2004 to 2006, Kiki Barber had really Hall of Fame-level years, both as a a runner and a receiver. And Mm -hmm. going to the 2007 season, people were very down on the Giants because, you know, they used to put up a pie chart of what percentage of our offense Kiki accounted for when you used to watch games on TV. And it was almost assumed like all that production would go away. Well, lo and behold, 2007, a guy named Jacobs, a guy named Bradshaw, a guy named Ward, a guy named Ruben Drone, gave us a pretty good running game. And in 2008, the following year, was probably our best running game that I've ever witnessed with the Earth, Wind, and Fire combination. Mm -hmm. So I am more focused on the running game as opposed to the running back. Now, obviously, the other thing about running backs is you can really get first-round value for a running back in the second and third round. Like, for example, last year when the, when the Jets drafted the running back in the second round. Brees Hall. Who, uh, Brees Hall, who mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately got hurt. I said, wow, that, that's, that's real value there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got, and I hate to say because I love Saquon, I know you guys do too, got to be very careful with a running back that's had tread on the tire, right, injuries, when you're looking past six or seven years of production and giving a longer-term contract, I hate to say because I because I love the player, but I but you know Kiki and and I think Paul, you would agree, Kiki 0406 unbelievable was a much more productive was a much more productive player than Saquon because what he could do in the passing game is not even comparable. And the weird thing is Kiki developed like this contact balance for powerlifting late mm-hmm. in his career. He, he was he was the total package. Well, he ran up the mountains in Ramapo. Yeah, he you know? was he was the total package. But but so let's make a... no mistake about it. Saquon Barkley caught ninety one passes as a rookie. Yeah. Tiki Barber never caught ninety one passes in a season. So please no. do not diminish Barkley's ability in the passing game. That would be a I, sorry I, sorry mistake. 
no, no, I and I don't. But the thing is, uh, you know, Kiki's uh, pass catching was, I think, a bit more explosive. You got more explosive plays out of Tiki. But anyhow, I don't want to compare the two players. All I'm saying is, it's a cautionary. It's a cautionary tale. And no one should assume that just because the player's no longer around that that production automatically goes away, falls off the map. Okay, that's well, fair. That, 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 that's, that's fair enough. But, you know, at the same point, there's a lot of other factors that go into that, Hugo. Uh, you know, who, who are your um, linemen, who's blocking for him, even who's your quarterback? There, there are tons of factors that, that go into place with that. And listen, I don't – they're not going to give – Saquon a long long term contract. I, I would think of you know, if you're asking me, two three years. Yeah, uh, yeah I th- I think it could be four or five with voidables on the. Oh, back oh end. yeah, okay, no, you know I'm, what I mean? I'm talking about the two and three up front. But that's right. that's the nature of business, uh, uh, right. especially with running backs. But yeah, I, I mean, you can can you say you can always get something? Sure, you can, but re- remember this. You're talking to a guy about a guy, and I'll tell you this, and I'm not taking it, you know, I don't want it to be disparaging to Tiki. Uh, Saquon Barkley is far more loved in the Giants' locker room. Oh, I'm sure. Right now yeah, sure. than sure. Tiki was sure. when he, in his last year. I can guarantee, no, I, I can uh, tell you that for a fact. Let, let me no, get I'm away sure. from the intangibles, Hugo. Let me just give you pure facts. Let's just go right to the core of this thing. How many headache players do the Giants have on offense? Guys who are an offensive coordinator stay up all night on Monday worrying about how are we going to contain those guys. They Honestly, they have two. Uh, Daniel Jones yeah. and Saquon Barkley. That's yeah. the difference. That's the difference. Yep. Because yep. the Giants, by the time you're talking about that other team, uh, they had Plexico Burris. I know he wound up midway through the season doing what he did. Okay, But the truth of the matter is, you know, when you have other headache players, it can maybe, maybe, okay, overshadow the fact that if you lose that guy, you might be able to replace a lot of numbers. But you still got to have headache players on that side of the ball. The Giants, if they were to let Barkley and or Jones get away, they're eliminating one of their two headache players. That would wow. be a sorry, sorry mistake if they're going to try to compete in this division again. Well, and that's and that's part of my point, Paul. Which is, if by giving Barkley a contract, you have to forego potentially getting a different type of headache player, then I wouldn't be in favor of the contract. But if you can't, then then to your point, you got to try to do what you can within reason to keep him on board. Well, they're gonna they're gonna keep him on board. I don't know if you heard at the top of the show. I, I didn't know. I, okay, I, I likened it, and I tweeted it out today. I likened it, Hugo, to the situation going, going on with, you know, some of the numbers aside, it's still business. It, it's still business. It's the same situation the minute the Yankee season ended, the very minute the Yankee season ended, the, 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 to the second, all the talk till you got to the winter meetings was, What's happening with, with Aaron Judge? Where's he going to go? Is he going to stay? Is he going to go for how much? But a beep, but a bop, but a boop. How much this? How, how much that? And where is he today? He's with the Yankees, and he's the uh, captain of the Yankees. So you know what? The season ended, and the next day we were in the locker room. 
the questions ad nauseum were thrown at both Daniel and Saquon. And I get, as I said, I respect people having to do their jobs, but after a while, it was enough, one after the other. And again, they're not going to tip their hands because the agents tell them, don't tip your hands. The same way Brian Dable and, and Joe Shane, the, Joe Shane tipped his hand Monday by saying, we're happy with him, we want him back. With, he said he wants both guys back, but then people want to know for how much. Well, you're not going to be told that. That's the business. Hugo, appreciate the call. The other Thank part you. to this, which don't play lip service to. I know some people will, but don't pay lip service to it. When Joe Shane put a premium and came right out and said he puts a premium on retaining your own guys, because a lot of coaches will say that, GMs will say that, but this is an organization between Shane and Dable that proved their kind of guys are going to be the guys that help build this team into a winner. They put a very high premium on football intelligence and on getting the guys that they believe are good fits. They know that Barkley and Jones are good fits. There may be a more talented quarterback in this league. There may be a more talented running back in this league. But they know these two guys fit their team the best. Smack on, uh, nailed it right on, a, the hammer right on ahead there, Paul. And remember this, uh, Joe Shane and Brian Dable came in and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley weren't their guys. They, not that they were for, nor were they against. They weren't their guys. They came in having to do their due diligence and ascertain could these be the guys mm -hmm. we move forward with? That's right. They had to make that decision yep. with an open mind. They were not tied to it. If they didn't want those guys, they wouldn't have been here. If they didn't want those guys, changes would have been made. Changes would be made now. They knew after they got here and they ascertained the situation, we got ourselves a quarterback and we got the running back. And you know what I love about that, Russ? There was so much made in the spring when Jones didn't get his option picked up, right? And people said, well, that's because he's not a, a Shane guy. He's not a Dable guy. He's not a Shane guy. Right? Everybody said it. They didn't pick up his option, so that means he's going to be gone. He's, it's a long shot for him to stick around. Well, if you really believe that, then what Dable and Shane have said now all along and especially emphasized the other day, okay, if you really believe that they weren't the right guys, well, they've now publicly... Shane and Dable have publicly stated about how much they love these guys and want them, which, again, shows the dramatic, the dramatic belief that they have in both guys. There's nothing else needs to be said. I, I, listen. Nothing else needs to be said. Paul's right. There really is nothing else that needs to be said. But the reason we're saying it, because... You go brought it up, and it, he was bringing up a fair point. He, it's you know, okay, but, you know, but but it brought up a fair point. But th this is it's going to be you're going to be hearing this nonsense until they I sign on the dotted dot line. I got a deal to make with the BBKL folks out there. For all of you folks who listen and call, just do us a favor, okay? Maybe you want to do it with other people around the program, but when I'm on this show, please let's not talk about. Daniel Jones, and Saquon Barkley being in limbo and not being Giants. Okay, the next time I talk about Barkley and Jones, we will talk about the contract that they signed and the fact that they are staying. 
up until that point, there is no sense in wasting anybody's breath talking about Jones and Barkley. I mean, you, you know, there, there was a question that got brought up Monday uh, with, with Joe Shane. Uh, what was what was dinner like with Odell Beckham? <laughs> what was dinner like with yeah. Odell Beckham? Okay, I heard the waiter service was a little bit behind. Yeah, what what what, what was dinner like? Brilliant question. And, and Shane, brilliant. Shane, to his to his credit, said it was good. <laughs> and, and then, well, you know, like, are you interested in him, Joe Shane? Like anybody else. In this world, you never rule out anything. He's not going to tip his hand for the upteenth time. I'm going to say that. But everybody, whoa, he was coming here. Oh, it, it, it was all set. Giants are in the driver's seat. He, this is what he wants. Come on. I mean, you know, people are trying to make chicken salad out of no. chicken, you know what. People are obligated. They've got to write stories. And so if there's nothing there, they got to come up with something. That was a good one, though. Yeah. How, how, I was hysterical. How was dinner? It was hysterical. How was dinner? And by the way, just so you guys who didn't listen to the Shane Presser with Dable, uh, Shane's message to everybody is that they'll look at all available options to improve the team. Just so you know. Right, Russ? You know, no. But, but really, I, I think it, okay. when, when you want to talk about how guys are open-minded – they came in, they didn't have to be tied to the personnel at all. They made a decision. They made a decision looking, and I'll tell you what, I remember talking, I'll say it right now, I remember talking with Joe Shane, you know, tr prior to training camp, and, uh, I, you know, asking him, how long do you think it'll take you to, know if Daniel's your guy. And I remember Joe saying, I think it would be maybe four or five games. And it, I, it came up again uh, on Monday. And, you know, he didn't, he said, I don't know if there was an aha moment. Right, but he I, said he but, didn't have one. But, but I remember that, my point being, well, they started off six and one. Trust me, Joe Shane knew and Dable knew he was their guy. And all he did was reinforce it. Week in and week out. We kept saying this before the video came back. You were sitting here and I was sitting there. We kept saying it. All Daniel was doing was reinforcing his his future here with the Giants. All he needed to do was check the final box, and that was stay healthy for the season. Bingo. That's the only thing that was missing. And, and let me say one other thing, Paul. In fairness to you, go. he brought out a point. You know, you get a running back maybe with some treads. Let me tell you something about that running back with some treads. Yes, he went through his injury plague season. He, through all that ugliness in Joe Judge's last year, especially the last six games when Daniel was out and they didn't have anything, the one positive, and you and I would talk about it sometimes, we were seeing more of Saquon kind of, running with a little more power, a little more this, a little more that. It's much and, more assertive. Yeah, and he took it into this season. Looking at Saquon, you know, towards the end of the season, he looked a guy that was fresh, healthy, and ready to rock and roll. So to me, the treads are behind him. Uh, they're getting a the guy in very, very good shape.
At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Bloomfield and check in with Bob. Hello, Bob. You're on with Russ and Paul. Oh, hi, guys. I was uh, a two-part question. I had spoke to you guys a while ago, and it was real informative what Paul's answer was to me. And the question I had today, you know, it kind of showed in that playoff game. Like, I I was concerned with seven defensive backs and not being able to stop the run because of the size of the players and Philly – kind of ran through the Giants. So, you know, defensively, Paul, really, the answer he gave me, I understood that was the talent the Giants had, and that's this package day. But it's very hard to win when you you don't have true linebackers. The Giants were such such known for that from the 70s, 60s. I've been watching them forever. And so my question was that, Paul, um, in free agency, right, I was just wondering what you thought. Do you think sometimes it's better to go get a guy like a, a linebacker? Maybe you don't get the eight or ten free agents that are kind of middle of the road or backups, and maybe pay a little money and give like bring a solidify a position, bring in a really quality linebacker or maybe a defensive lineman, and because it's hard to win as we found out in the playoffs if you can't stop the run. Yeah, I, I thought when the Giants brought in Blake Martinez a few years ago and they spent some good money on him. Excuse me. He came in and gave them something right away. He definitely lifted this defense and did a solid job until he got hurt, and then obviously everything fell apart for him. So I can understand that way to go. Many years ago, they signed Antonio Pierce when he was a free agent from Washington, and and he was a Super Bowl champion for this team. So and, and a yeah, leader, and no a question. Leader. So there are times when that's worked. Okay. There's also times when you wait for your guys to kind of step up and be those guys, I would submit to you that Darian Beavers had a sensational August. And I've been saying since the day he got hurt that this guy was going to compete for a starting job. Joe Shane admitted that just the other day that they think he would have definitely competed for it. I think within a couple of weeks in, he would have been the starting middle linebacker. And I, I see a lot of Pepper Johnson in Darian Beavers. Now, can you say coming off a, a, a serious knee injury that cost him a season that he's guaranteed to be the stud and starter going into next year? You can't say that. If you put all your eggs in that basket, you're making a mistake. You have to be cautious. So it wouldn't surprise me if they signed a middle-of-the-road middle linebacker or if they drafted one somewhat higher to to you know supplement Beavers or compete with Beavers because you can't just will him that starting job going into next July. But I, I would I would definitely tell you 
that he is going to be a significant part of that equation. Don't think they don't have anybody who can fill that spot. You know what? I, I've, I remember standing on the sidelines with you, Paul, watching Beavers, uh, you know, practices and everything, and we were like, huh? He's a well, stud. Like, st-. And, and, you know, I forgot what round. I'm talking about sixth, sixth round. It was a steal. You know, from, Absolute from Cincinnati. steal. Let me, let me tell you what. He was, like, looking like everything. Like, when he went down, it was like, oh, bleep. You know, because he really looked like he was going to be a uh, contributor. It was crushing when he got hurt. Now, I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for. But well, if, you know, if, if you're after the Giants to spend huge money to go get a middle linebacker, I don't think that's going to happen. And, Paul, the, the one more thing I know you guys, uh, just quickly. In that fight, like, when, when you watch the Giants, right, um, they have Thibodeau and Ziagelori, and they have, it looks like a five-man line. Um, is it, like, how come sometimes Martindale doesn't take, like they, Dallas does with my, the, the, the linebacker they have, why won't he take a Thibodeau and move him in the middle and blitz him from there? And is it because he's strictly, is it strictly like that type of defense where they play strictly that end position? Because I remember the 3-4 they ran in the 80s with Lawrence Taylor and them. Right. You know, they used to swing them into the middle. and uh, like Sometimes I wonder why wasn't Thibodeau coming up the middle more? Well, right? there were times that he would twist or stunt. And he would actually come into the A gap or come into the B gap on his rush move. But in terms of actually lining him up there pre-snap, they did not do that. You're right. That was not the preferred way to go. They wanted to keep Ojolari and Thibodeau out there on the edges. But they did not always take the same rush lane. Now, maybe that's because Wink has a preference to do it that way, thinking that we don't want to show you where he is and he's got variable rush lanes to go through. That's very possible. When the Giants did it with Lawrence, they would line him up in all different spots because they right. thought that the pre-snap lineup of, of LT was enough of an intimidation and a confusion that it would cause the offense problems. I think that's just a philosophical difference. But don't don't mistake that Thibodeau rushed the same rush lane every time. He did. He did do some stunting and twisting. Yes, he did. But, but Bob, and did you hear? Uh, and you, you brought up LT yourself, like in the 80s. Well, and LT's Paul a different animal, too. Let's, forget, let's not forget that. Taking nothing away from anybody, Wink doesn't have LT. Nobody, no. The, the only people who had LT were the people who coached them here. That's it. There are no other LTs. Never were. Not to this day, no other LTs. And I will say this to the caller also, Thibodeau's going to have to add more strength. Yeah. His power component uh, as he comes back for his second season is going to have to be better. Old Jolari had put on uh, over 10 pounds of muscle in his second season, and he's going to have to continue to enhance his power quotient too. Yeah, I so, agree You know, you got to grow into the spot. The, the more you improve and grow into the spot, the more things a coordinator can do with you. Thanks for the call, Bob. Appreciate it. Two, Thank you. 201-939-4513 is the number. Now let's go down to Charleston and check in with Roy. Hello, Roy. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hi. Russ, how are you? Good. How you doing, uh, Bob? The, the pod father, how are you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, I'm really proud of our of our Giants. They just did a great job this year. Um, you know, we we had a lot of injuries, and a lot of these guys came up off of the practice squad and just excelled. They did really well. 
and one of the guys was asking about you know some of the um, some of the linebackers. Um, who on who on the injury list do you think is going to be able to come back and start for us next year if they rehab well? And because um, that then we don't have to worry about plugging those holes in with the draft, right? Or maybe some free agents. We so, mentioned Beavers uh, already was, has as a possibility yeah. of doing it. Uh, I would also say uh, Izudu has a chance to compete as the starting left guard when he comes back next season. We already got to see him some this year, and I think he's very, very promising. Uh, um, McKeithen, they were very high on during training camp, the offensive lineman, who they think has the ability to play guard and tackle. So there's a guy who who could possibly push at least to be a, a very strong backup, if nothing else. To me, right. to me, those that that's kind of where it starts. You expect to have more improvement out of Bellinger as he comes back for a full season. Uh, you expect Wandale Robinson to be a much bigger part of the passing game as he comes back healthy, my, my, boy. right? And he he was coming really starting to come into it, look like it, and then it just went down. So I think those are the kinds of guys that you're talking about right away. I mean, you know, they were they were they were kind of like redshirt guys in a way. Because they they really didn't yep. get to show much this year. Yep. Well, those, is there somebody remember, else you had in mind? Uh, well, no, I was. Um, I I was. You know, I I got to be honest with you. I've lost track of them, and so. Well, oh, let me and let me forget DJ Davidson, the defensive tackle that they they were able to draft last year, and he hurt his knee, I believe it was, or was Achilles. I can't remember which one it was that landed him on IR for the season. They have very very high hopes for him. As a rotational defensive tackle, very strong and powerful. They think they was they were go, they wanted to redshirt him this year. The idea wasn't going to be that he was going to play that much anyway. Turned out he got hurt and he couldn't. But they have they have a lot of hopes for for DJ Davidson, and I think that will help because we saw quite frankly at the last uh, end of this season, Leonard Williams he was battling that stinger that went into his shoulder. And, and, you know, it did limit him somewhat. And Dexter Lawrence couldn't do it every single play all on, on his own. So they need some help there. And I think Davidson's going to be part of that mix. You, you know, Roy, you just brought out a, a, a good point when you said you lost track. You weren't the only one who <laughs> lost track. We all, no, no, seriously. We, we, all lost, we all lost track. I, I, I had yep. never been. And w- listen, there were plenty of injuries, you know, during uh, Joe Judge's uh, Two years here, and and Sherman went through the sure, injuries, sure. but I, it was like it just seemed one after another. It, I, I've never, I've never watched a season with the Giants where the practice squad was so much involved with the season. And oh, week in way, and week out, I just got burned too. Yeah. I lost track. Don't forget about Cordell well, Flott. Yeah, Flott was out most oh, of the I, season. Flott. And he can he did play so well this year. I'm so so happy. Yeah. But, now but, now and, he's a little and, slight. Now that's the issue. His durability is going to be a concern because he's a bit slight. Right. Okay. He's right. going to have to put on some more uh, sturdiness, if you will, if he's going to yep. wind up being more of a full time player. And the other guy who I praised all during the off season finally made it back after he ripped up his knee last year was Rodarius Williams. I love this kid as a cover guy. The issue for him is that he's not as good in helping out in run support. 
And he's going to have to, if he wants to be a major cog in this secondary, he's going to have to get better at dealing with the run. All right? He's got cover skills. He can cover almost anybody in this league, I'm telling you. He's got speed. He's got the quicks. He's got the ball skills. He's got length. Darius Williams can play in this league as a boundary corner, but if you're not going to support the run as well as you need to, it's going to make coaches reluctant to keep you on the field. Well, you know, and I'm thank you for, for bringing all the folks who uh, – my biggest point was is that we still have talent on this team that has not been proven. You know, because of the injuries, we've got talent. And, and that's really encouraging going into the next training. Yes. You know, when we go into training camp next year, we can see once these guys heal, take care of themselves, how, how much more our team will oh. get better, I believe. And I forgot Ellison Smith. Yeah, how well, about that? Yeah. I forgot oh, Ellison Smith. I, no, yeah, I was just – it was bothering me too. Yeah, Ellison see, Smith. see, we're all we're all yep. confused. It just took me a little bit of time there to get to get the fogginess out of my head. How about Shane Lemieux? <laughs> Shane Lemieux, another guy. Oh my gosh, I, I forgot about Shane Lemieux. Think see, of all of this this raw talent that has never had the ability to to be cultivated because of all the injuries that have gotten in the way. Yep, yep. And the last thing I was going to ask you guys, um, Matthew Perry. is. The, oh my gosh! Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> no, but that—that's that, telling you what what they just went through. That's a, more yeah. reason why Brian Dable should be coach of the year. Go now ahead, you Brian. understand yeah. why the arrow's okay. pointing up, and this team has a, a nice two to three year window at least of where they can and make some real hay. That is so encouraging, I tell you. And 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 to see where we were last year to this year, nine and nine and eight, um, plus a playoff game. Um, like you said, the arrow's pointing up. Now, my last question real quick is what players are going to have to be signed to keep them that will really continue this trend of this, of this upward arrow? And I'll take it off the air. Guys, I love you. And uh, what a great season. Thank you both for being there for, uh, for uh, a damn Yankee from Manhattan living in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, Tim, <laughs> we had a good season. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for the Thank call. Thank you, Roy. Appreciate Good it. Good offseason. Uh, well, there's no doubt we've mentioned Barkley and Jones. Uh, beyond that, I believe Julian Love is a, is a mandatory re-sign. Right. Uh, after that, it could get sticky. Honestly, it could. Gates and Feliciano obviously played a lot on the offensive line this year. Uh, both of them, their contracts are up. I don't know which one the Giants will prioritize. And quite honestly, okay, uh, there's the Buffalo connection with Dable and Bobby Johnson with Feliciano. I mean, they brought him down here pretty quick. I, I, so I think they probably want him back. I, I, does that leave room for Nick Gates? I, I, I hope it does, I, but I don't know. But you know what? I think right now that's an even, um, an even battle. If, if they've got to pick one or the other. If, price may come into play. Yeah, if they have to pick one or the other, again, price comes into play. Also, I, I think Nick Gates has proven to Dable and Shane the same way that Daniel Jones and um, uh, Saquon proved. Oh, I don't think he, there's any doubt. He, he, he's he's a leader. He, he's, you want he's him one, on this one, team. One of their guys. You, know, you the, just don't know how the business end's going to work out. Yeah. And again... 
you know what what does Nick also want for himself too? Uh, yeah, and, and there are. Other, I think Nick really likes it. Nick really really likes it here. It, you know, uh, he he rehabbed through everything this year. He he proved he could come back. Um, you know, uh, he gets it. He understands the business. And uh, listen, there are other questions. I mean, you know, you're gonna want to. You're gonna take care of. Um, well, the three guys we said, although other after that, it becomes a little less concrete. For example, Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton, I like him a lot. Right. He's a great guy. He gives you everything he's got. He wasn't quite as consistent as you want a big-time threat to be. Well, so, you know, Darius Slayton, to me, I'm not sure No, I'm not, I'm that, not sure. that, he, that he's in concrete. But in fairness to Darius, Darius was pushed into... At, at one point, oblivion. You know, be, be, no, but fr- from oblivion, then he w- was the number one guy. Mm-hmm. This was before Isaiah Hodgins stepped up, and, and this. And he was the number right. one guy, and he was out there on an island by himself. And he took a huge, he took a pay cut to, to, to stay here. So you see how that works out. He may want to move on. Who we, knows? We have to find out what's going on. Listen, they're gonna, they're gonna have to be taken care of soon. Uh, Dexter Lawrence. Uh, well, they have another year with him, yeah, so Andrew they could Thomas. sit tight if they wanted to. Also with um, uh, Dex- L- L- Leonard Williams. Uh, I well, think- Leonard will be redone. Yeah, he's that's, already that's said he's, be up, he's up for it. You know, people were asking him, what are you going to do? But it's business. You, you know, I no longer have been through this, not just in football and all sports. We've been through it, guys like Paul and myself, we've been through it too much to, and if the same thing happens every time, is this guy going to stay? Is that guy going to go? That's what negotiations are about. That's what negotiations are about. It's not like monopoly money. It's real money. And when, yeah. it, when you're dealing with real money, things get a little touchy. Little, Not even touchy like nervous. It's just that's business. You don't just automatically say, here, it's a done deal. Russ, but, part of the problem here is that there are some guys on the lower end of the salary spectrum who you probably would like to keep, but because you do have to take care of your your virtual mandatories and Jones, Barkley, and and Love, uh, there will be some of those guys on the other side that you're not going to be able to keep. Right. That's just the nature of the business. I mean, you know, there's only so many bucks to go around, and um, you know the Giants are going to try to manage it as best as they can. I will tell you this, and I leave you with this thought: when Joe Shane was in Buffalo, the Bills were masterful at manipulating the cap with different types of bonuses and different type of contract um, triggers that allowed them to do a lot more than people would think because of how they were able to manipulate the numbers. That organization was masterful at manipulating the numbers. And I'm sure that Joe Shane has brought a lot of that knowledge with him to the Giants. So I expect them to do a lot of manipulation better than most teams do because he's learned from the Buffalo model. And that, folks, uh, is really a wrap here. Uh, Some thank yous to go around. Pearson Butler, our producer man at the controls. Great job, uh, Pearson, as always. To my good friend sitting to my left, Paulie Dots, Paul Dottino. My friend, it is always a pleasure. Have a great time with you. Uh, The only thing that sucks for me is the offseason because I want it to be in the season all the time. And, of course... You, the fans out there, because without you, Big Blue fans out there, Big Blue kickoff here would be nothing.
We need you people to be talking to. So again, to everybody, uh, it's been a great ride for me. I can't wait to be back talking with you next season. Be well, everybody. Have a good one. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked. Game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco Cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked. Your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart.